0: um turn in your bibles to judges uh chapter thirteen we're, what's what's that did you I get it right. you're right <laughs> so we're, we're going to um uh, i i was preparing for the next uh seven and you know we got this we're in the the series of seven anointings right so you've got the uh, spirit of the lord the spirit of of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, right? The sevenfold anointing, the sevenfold spirit of God, and uh, so I was, I was starting to prepare for the next one, and the Lord really kind of checked me up and said, "Find a character that uh, has this—you um, know, either it, it's written most about him or has this quality that you need to look at." And so it, it's really amazing to me when I looked at Spirit of the Lord, because it, it's, it's Spirit of, of Yahweh, it's the, it's the, the, the name of, of the Lord, the, the, the holy name, right? Um, the, the one that is spoken of as the, whole, the Spirit of the Lord coming upon him more than anybody is Samson. Samson was... Strong, right? Samson, he was. Thank you. Um, you know, I thought really, surely it'd be David or, or one of these other, you know, but because Samson you think of as a, um, as, as a different type of, of character. But it, four times um, it says that the Spirit of the Lord started, one, one time was the Spirit of the Lord started to stir him. And then it was the Spirit of the Lord came up upon him mightily, and he did mighty deeds. So let me tell you a little bit about Samson, because it spans uh, several chapters, and we're not, I'm not going to read all the chapters for you, but it's Judges 13 through 16. Interestingly, um, he's one of the judges that is talked about the most. Um, most of the judges, Gideon is probably, the, has his, he, he edges out Samson just a, probably a little bit. But uh, in the Old Testament, what, what you'll see is um, the, the writers of the Old Testament, usually they, they kind of go, they, they go really, really, really fast, and then they slow down. So a lot of the judges, it's, oh, you had this judge, you had this judge, you had this judge, and then slow down. And they slow down for emphasis, and that's what they do with Samson. It slows down, and all of a sudden becomes intimate. Samson's parents, they couldn't have kids. They were barren his mother was out in the field and all of a sudden the angel of the Lord appears to her and says, "You're going to have a child you're going to have a son and, and your this son is, I want you he wants he will be a Nazarite from his very birth a Nazarite is one who is set apart for God they specifically usually it was not a a, a, a whole life thing it was uh, you were going to take a Nazarite vow for a certain amount of time. And you wouldn't cut your hair and you wouldn't drink alcohol and you had to be set apart. You, you couldn't come near a, a dead body. Okay? This, you, were, you were set apart. And the, this, the angel of the Lord comes and says, he's going to be a Nazarite from his very birth. And so you're not to drink strong drink or anything. You're supposed to be set apart so that when you have this child, he will be set apart to God. He, he, you shall not cut his hair. He will not taste strong drink. He is going to be a Nazarite from his very birth. So, a miraculous birth. Samson is born, and as he starts to grow up, it says the Spirit of the Lord starts to stir within him. And it's interestingly, he. He gets to the age of, of marrying, and he, he sees a Philistine woman and says, "Boy, she looks good to me, Dad. Won't you get her for me?" Now, you may, you may remember it was against the Jewish law for them to intermarry with the, the, the Canaanite peoples, right? You're supposed to only marry Jews. Only marry within your religion. Why? Do you remember? That's it. If you go and marry their women, they're going to entice you to follow after their gods. Don't go and marry because they, they will be a snare to you. And that's that's what the law says. And Samson goes, Who, this this is a Philistine woman. She looks pretty good. Go go and get her for me, Dad. And so he they're on their way to go and just to, to check things out and to start making the um, uh, making the arrangements. And uh, as they're going, it, it seems like Samson is separated from his parents a little bit, and a lion pounces out and starts charging him. And it says, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he tore the lion in two, like you would a, a young goat. And the, the idea is that um, he took the back legs of it and ripped them apart. That's some strength. And he went on his way, no big deal, right? They go and they make arrangements with the with the woman. And when when they go back again, it had been enough time that um, uh, in the carcass of this lion there was there was honey. When they went back, it says so Samson grabbed some honey, gave some to his parents. They went and they went to get uh, to have the whole marriage ceremony. And I, this, this is such a long. Uh, segment, I could break it up into about four or five different messages, so I'm, I'm having to try to fly through here a little bit. So they had the marriage ceremony, and, and you remember what happened? Samson, prov- uh, prov- he, he gives a riddle to the 30 companions that they provided for him. Evidently, he didn't have any friends. So they, <laughs> they, 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 they bought some friends, so they brought some friends along. Um, so they give, he gives a riddle. And they couldn't, they couldn't quite get the riddle until he gave the answer to his bride-to-be. And then they threatened her and her family with their life and she gave the, the, riddle, the answer to the riddle to to his his friends and they came and 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 gave him the answer. Now, the winner of the riddle would have to provide 30 changes of clothes. And you're like going, well, all right, go down to the store and take out your credit card, right? Get get you 30 changes of clothes. Now, in now, the, these days, this was... Um, yeah, there's a couple things probably at play number, number one this was their nice dress they only had one and they were very expensive and if you had one change of clothes and somebody says come in I will, I will, I'll give me your clothes you'll say no thank you very much this is my, the only one I've got the only nice pair of clothes I've got the others are work I've got one pair of work clothes I've got one pair of nice clothes there's, no I'm not giving you my nice clothes sorry the other idea here is that oftentimes what they would do is they, inside the clothes, they would, they would sew their, um, their inheritance into their clothes. So it was a disinheriting. Go and give me 30 changes of clothes. So when they gave the, the answer to the riddle for Samson, he said the Spirit of the Lord came on him and he went out and killed 30, 30 men took their clothes and gave the clothes to the third, to the companions. He said, the Spirit of the Lord came. Why, why didn't he just sew them, right? The Spirit of the Lord came on him and he, he was, could sew really fast. No, he, he disinherited these guys and killed them to do it. And then he left. It's really interesting. He, that he comes back to to take his bride after a little bit of time and his father-in-law to be, gave the bride-to-be to to the best man at the wedding. Which makes Samson really mad. Now, somebody who just tore a lion limb to limb, you don't want to make mad. Right? So what what does he do? Remember, he gets 300 foxes. Is the plural of foxes, fox He gets 300 foxes, he ties them tail to tail, sticks a a uh, torch in the middle of each one and lets them loose in the grain fields. Now this is supposed... Okay, and this, this is supposed to be like superhuman. Okay? I'm not saying it didn't happen. It happened. But all these things... These are supposed to be superhuman feats that make you go... This is incredible. How many of you can catch one fox? Much less 300. How many of you have seen 300 foxes in your life? Have you ever tried to tie two dogs' tails together? They don't like it very much. I won't won't tell you (laughs) whether I've actually tried that or not. They don't like their tails tied together. Right? Think about trying to tie these foxes' tails and sticking a, a burning torch in the middle. So it says, I'm gonna. Samson did this, and then he retired to Judah. Right? Says, I'm gonna I'm gonna take my revenge, and I'm gonna quit. But this gets the Philistines really upset. Notice, he actually did not take the Philistine bride. Right? It said that God was, he wanting to use this at, to incite the Philistines. All right. But he actually, if, if, if he will, God put a stop to it before it actually happened. Right? Yeah. Okay. So they come, to, um, yeah, they, they come to Judah and, and the, uh, the Philistines are, are ruler, ruling a power over, over Judah. And they come and, and they get 3,000 men of Judah and say, is Samson here? He said, yeah, I think so. He's up in the hills. So they go up to, to get him and he says, okay, you can bind me as long as you don't kill me. Go ahead, bind me and give me over to him. So they bind him with ropes. He goes down and says the ropes became like burned flax in his arms. he, he picks up a, a fresh jawbone of a donkey. Again, anybody picked up a donkey's jawbone? Well, maybe Craig has. I haven't. But he picks it up and kills a thousand men with a jawbone of a donkey. It says, with a donkey's jawbone, and what yours says, probably heaps upon heaps. It's actually, it's, with a, do- a, a donkey's jawbone, and it says, donkeys upon donkeys. I've killed a thousand men. And then... He's thirsty, and God opens a rock for him and, and pours out water. Notice the, the, how one man is the deliverer of Israel. Most of the other judges, what's happened is, is you know, they, they have a small army, Gideon, or they, they raise a little bit of army. they army. You know, they, they, they maybe, maybe they instigate, it, instigate the uh, deliverance, but then the army comes along and helps them. This is one man. He's a one-man show. Get see, then, he, then he starts going off the rails a little bit. He goes to a harlot again. He, he leaves the, the place of Israel. He, he goes to Gaza, which is a Philistine city. He goes to see a harlot, but they're, gonna, they're going to surround the city so that he, he can't get out. And what does he do? He goes out at night and he takes the gates. <laughs> Can you imagine this? He takes the gates of the town and carries them up and plants them on top of the hill. And then he meets Delilah. It doesn't say exactly who she is, but she's definitely in league with the Philistines. (laughs) Right? And (laughs) she has the Philistines say, would you get him to tell us what his secret is? Honey, what's the secret of your power? (laughs) and if you notice what happens every time she asks it gets a little bit closer if you bind me with fresh um, you know fresh bands then it will then my power will leave and he breaks it off if you do this my power will leave if you If you take my hair and, see, notice it's a little bit closer. If you take my hair and you weave my hair into the loom, then my power will leave. And she keeps asking and keeps asking and keeps asking and keeps asking. He finally is worn out and he says, I'm a Nazarite. If you cut my hair off, then I'll lose all my power. I'll lose all my strength. When she realizes that he has finally told him everything. Then she tells the Philistines, they come in, they gouge out his eyes. And up. I'm sorry They gouge out his eyes, and then um, they, they take him into. Uh, the Temple of their God, and they, they make him a slave, and they they 're praising their God for, the, uh, for how Samson has been captured, the enemy of Philistia, but then it says his hair started to grow what 's amazing is this you know in, in the, the travesty is that when Delilah cut his hair off. He rose up, and she said, "The Philistines are on you." He rose up, and it says, "He didn't know that the Lord had left him. He didn't know that the Spirit of the Lord had left." Now, what I want to ask is how. How does this happen? We want, to, we want to be filled by the Spirit of the Lord, right? We want, the, you know, the Spirit of the Lord, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, is, is, is the deliverer. He's the one that gives us the, the promise. The Spirit of the Lord lets us walk in the promises of God and, and in His favor and His goodness. He's the one that, that delivers us like, like, like the Lord delivered out of Egypt and lets us go into the promised land and restore the land. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon us to be the deliverer and to see restoration happen. And we want to, we want to be filled by the Spirit of the Lord, but sometimes we're, we're leaky vessels, right? How is it that Samson gets to the point... That he has the the Spirit of the Lord comes on, but he didn't even know that the Lord left. There's a few things, and then I wanna I want to sum it up here at the end with with something good. Hopefully, I want to leave you with something really positive. Number one, um, he assumed a one time victory was what he needed to do again. Remember what I, what I said, you know, Samson uh, really I think the Lord in kind of used Samson or incited him to take this bride of the Philistines, right? He's supposed to he's supposed to go and to take this this bride and it looks like it, it's against the law to do so, but it said God wanted him to do that to to be a thorn in the Philistines' Side and to get them to to, so that Samson could start delivering the people of Israel. Samson did that. He didn't marry her. God prevented the marriage. And then he went back to Judah. But then he didn't stay in Judah. He went out again to the Philistines when it wasn't the Lord. Deciding him to do it. You see that the Lord wanted to start things off, but Samson then he he, he goes of his own accord and goes to the prostitute. Then he goes to Delilah, and he gets in trouble. You know this often happens with with us. I had a pastor that years ago. He used to say he used to say this. That oftentimes a, a a man's anointing will carry him where his character can't sustain him. Let I me mean, let me say that again. Oftentimes the anointing will carry someone to a place that their character cannot sustain them. In other words, what you what you see is a lot of these guys. Um, you know, they will they'll be really anointed preachers, and they will they will shoot up like a, a rocket, and all of a sudden. They're they're at the top. They're they're um, selling books. They are uh, they've got a, a mega church. They're 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 rocking and rolling. But then here in a few years, you have this huge crash where they they get into a situation where right the Lord is anointing them. But then it's like oh everybody loves them and I think well that's a great thing for everybody to love me. Let me let me love some people back right? Or God makes, gives them a lot of provision and all of a sudden that provision that they have starts to be a thorn instead of a good thing. Right? God may send them into a situation and God sends them in there initially, but then they think, oh, I'm going to keep going back to that. It's like, it's like this. Maybe God would send you into A, a, a place of ill repute to rescue somebody right and God does that every once in a while he has not done that to me but I've heard of people that go you know what I'm going to go there, there's someone in this, this place that needs to be rescued and they go in and they, they rescue that person out but then they keep on going back and it gets worse Right? They go back when God has not told them to go back. This happens in lots of areas. A lot of times it starts out drinking Friday nights with friends and then all of a sudden it's more than just Friday nights and all of a sudden it's... you 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 get into situations that it starts out as something that maybe God has sent you in there to do, but then you go back to the situation that you're not supposed to be in. I've I've seen this. Um, you know, people, God calls people in to uh, do major spiritual warfare and, and, and prayer, but they they end up getting caught up in stuff that they that they shouldn't be in because they're, they're delving into things that they're not quite prepared for. So the first problem with Samson is he assumed a one-time victory in the world is where he was supposed to be. Then persistent incremental steps leads to great sin. Persistent, I started to kind of get into that a little bit. Persistent incremental steps leads to great sin. Remember, he's with he's with Delilah. And it didn't start out with, um, it, you know, it, it, it was, she kept being persistent with him, and it got closer and closer to what it was, that it was his strength. He just kept after him and after him and, well, if you bind me with cords. If you do, if you do, if you get to my hair and leave it in a loom you know, until finally, you know, it, it gets closer and closer. And the, the devil knows where we're weak. Right? And he usually will not come at you with the biggest thing he can. Because what will happen is he comes at you with, hey, Why don't you take some fentanyl? And you say, why would I want to do that? But he he may start out somebody with, you know, CBD is legal now. So it's not really a drug. And they go from that to, well, why don't you just do a little bit more of this or a little bit more of that? Or it's, you know what? They may not come at you and say, you know what? There's a brand new witch's covenant town. Why don't you go and join? And you go, why would I want to do that? But he may start you out with, you know, a Ouija board, just the game. Just look at the horoscope for for what you need. And then it progresses greater and greater depths of sin. How does it get to the point where Samson has his hair cut and he doesn't even know the the Spirit of the Lord is left? Because those little bitty incremental sins get to a big one. And all of a sudden, God's left. The Lord has left the building. Be on guard for those little sins, those little things that gets us started. And of course, when you're the stuff that you're in, you've got to get out of. Listen for what God's wanting you to do. The first the first one. Listen for what he wants you to do. Don't go back into situations where he's given you victory before, that he's not telling you to go back into the world. Right? For the, the this whole the whole idea of the of the Philistines and that, that's that's the world system. If he's not telling you to go back into that situation, don't. If he's telling you to, then do it. But he wants us to be—you know—Samson was separate. He was separated from the world. You don't take the separate and then go into the world when we've not been given a command to do so, because you can get in big trouble. And when God's commanded you to do it, you're protected. So you got to watch out for those little incremental sins that you you might say at the beginning you know it's no big deal but then all of a sudden it gets to be a big deal and you all, all of a sudden glance down and all of a, there's there's no more strength there's no more spirit thirdly the what what separate the, the, the separateness? Okay, he was a Nazarite and that, that vow to the Lord was broken. The vow to the Lord was broken. When he had when he got his hair cut, I mean, I need I need to get my hair cut. I don't think it's sin, right? Everybody's like, yes, please get your hair cut. Right? Right? It, it, but what it was, it, it was not, the, the cutting of the hair was not sin for Samson. The cutting of the hair was breaking the command, that vow to the Lord to be separate. Do you get that? It's breaking the command, the, the vow to the Lord to be separate. And we've got to remain separate. Not that we're not in the world, but we're not of the world. Let me, let me try to take a little bit more um, stab at this. The, the church needs to be a... a holy people and what's happened so in in so many churches today is is they look like the world there's not much difference it depends on which church you go to but but you, you have the same issues in the church as you do in the world and I'm not saying that we're not, we should be a hospital for people to come into. And I don't care, I don't care what they look like when they come in. Send them, Lord. Send us the addicts. Send us the the um send us the homosexuals, send us the 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 ones who um don't know their gender. Send us send us all those who are hurting. Please, send them in. Let us be a hospital. But they need to be. They need to get saved and be going in the right direction. But the church, what they've done is start to look like the world and say, you know what, it's okay to be in the situation you're in. It's not sin anymore. It's not sin to have this problem. It's not sin to have this addiction. It's not sin to have this. And when you, when you start breaking that separation down, When you stop being separate from the world, it's when you you get a church that is spiritless, impotent, not able to have any effect because we are not separate. We look just like them. We've got the same issues. We talk like them. We watch the same shows. They They look at us and say, I got a better life than you do. We share the same jokes. My private life looks like your private life. We look, we watch the same movies. We watch the same stuff on YouTube. I got more money than you. Why do I need, why do I need to be in your church? Why do I need your God? We have to remain separate and a holy people. A holy people set apart for God. Like I said, that doesn't mean that we, we don't have... We, we, we all have stuff that we struggle with. I'm not saying that we're going to be perfect. But what I am saying is that we need to continue to call sin, sin, and make sure we're on the right road. It's when you blur that line and you start saying... Your sin is okay. Don't worry about it. Just be okay with your sin. Right? That's when you're a mess. It's, that's when the lines get blurred and you stop being that holy people. So how do we get the Spirit? If you get to a point where the the, the spirit's gone how do you get it back it's amazing with Samson as much of a mess as Samson was at the end of his life see Samson was a type of Christ we haven't talked a lot about types but in the Old Testament there there are people that are types of, of jesus you'll see a character of christ now at the same time usually what you see is a character of christ in someone but you'll also see that they are not jesus because they're they're they have fault right david is is very obviously a type of christ he is the king right he is the, he is the anointed king and you think okay it's david's son Jesus is the king like David right type of Christ did David have a failure you betcha he was not the Christ right Samson Samson's a type of Christ when you you look at his life he he has a, a miraculous birth just like Jesus right the spirit of the Lord just like Jesus a, a water from a rock. Now, the, now, Jesus didn't drink. He didn't strike a rock like Moses did and open up. A, uh, you know, to, but Jesus is the rock, right? We're we're just we're talking about it. Rivers of living water. Jesus took the. He he took on the gates of hell, right? And Samson, by himself, grabbed the gates and took them up. Samson, when he when he was. If you will, in, in, he was by himself in the deliverance. He did not have an army with him. He had his eyes plucked out. He was, he was in the other temple. He went into it by himself and he said, Lord, one more time, would you fill me and let me be strong? People even said that, that when he reached out, that he, took, he took the two pillars holding up the temple and he reached out and he grabbed them, one with his right hand and one with his left People said, he stretched his arms out just like Jesus. And he pulled the the temple on and he was a sacrifice. said, in his death, he killed more people than he did in his entire life. How do we receive the Spirit of God? Number one, more than anything, Jesus, Jesus, just like Samson was a singular deliverer for for Israel, Jesus is the singular deliverer for us. There is not a sin that you have committed that is too great that he cannot forgive. There is not a path that you have taken that that is too wrong that he cannot right it. (laughs) There is not a a failure or a, a lack in your life that is so great that he can't overcome it. There is not an emptiness in your heart that is too deep that he can't fill. It is by and through Jesus that we can have our fulfillment in life and he can fill us by his spirit, by that spirit of the Lord to to redeem us and to make us the people that go and restore the earth for him. But let me take one more step here. Because I know that I know you all know Jesus. I know you've just you know I've, I've turned to Jesus. He's my Savior. I, I thank you. I, I keep turning to Him. We just had a little prayer, right? we, we, just, we just asked for forgiveness. I, I, I've, I've got that. But what, what else is it? You know what Samson did? He sacrificed. It took a sacrifice. He sacrificed his life. He said, Lord, come on me this last time. Let me die with him. And let me ask you, what are you willing to sacrifice to be filled with the Spirit of the Lord? What in your life are you Holding on to. Automatically, you know, preachers often is like, well, what sin is it that you need to let go of? And that's part of it, okay? If there's a sin in your life that, that you're like, oh, boy, that, I, I'm, I'm hanging on to that one. I've got all, all, the, all the rest of them are okay, Lord, but this one's too good to let go. You know, I, I just like this sin too much. Okay, get rid of that. But you know what? What did Abraham have to sacrifice? It was a promise. God said, hey, Abraham, you know that kid I promised you for 25 years that you had to wait on, that you thought you were as good as dead and it would never happen? Go kill him. And Abraham said, no, that's too good. I can't give that to you, Lord. No. He said, okay, let's go. We'll leave tomorrow. I don't know about you, but I'd be saying, Lord, I need a little bit more confirmation on that one. (laughs) There may be something good in your life that you need to sacrifice. Be willing to let go of. Is there a promise that you're willing to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to lay this promise at your feet? I've been trying, I, Lord, I, I'm hanging on to it. I've been trying with everything I can. I, you know what? I'm going to sacrifice it, whatever, whatever it takes. There's something good in your life. You know, there, there, a lot of things are, are, are really good. They could be good or bad. Maybe, but you're, you're hanging on to it with something that you shouldn't be hanging on to. You know, Money can be really, really good. We all need it. Anybody, anybody in here that like, if you won the lottery, it wouldn't be a good thing for you? You know, it could, We all could use a little bit of extra cash from time to time. I get it. But when you hang on to that too tightly, then it's bad. Because it runs your life. And God doesn't want it to run your life. Maybe you need to sacrifice something monetary. Maybe you need to sacrifice something that's in your heart. Maybe, maybe it's a relationship that you need to sacrifice. That you need to say, and I'm not saying, you, you say, look, look, I can't do this. I'm going to give it up. I'm going to give up. I'm going to stop trying. I'm going to give it to you. Maybe something that's, that, that happened in your life a long time ago that, that was, that's bad. It was hurtful. It was, it was a time that you you went through and you said, I just can't get over this. And you need to lay that down before the Lord and say, Lord, it's not going to hold me back anymore. I'm, I'm sacrificing it to you. But so much of the sacrifice, it costs Something. It's not a sacrifice if it doesn't cost. Come on. If it's easy, it's not a sacrifice. What are you willing to give up? Be filled by the Spirit. What are you willing to lay down before the Lord? What hard thing? Maybe it's fear of failure that, you know, I don't I don't care what people think of me anymore. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna share Jesus. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's something that you can just lay down and say, Look, this is going to cost me a lot, but I'm going to do it anyway. Just a second. We're going to pray. And that's what the question I want you to ask the Holy Spirit is What do you want me to give? We've already taken up the offering. I'm not, I'm not saying, hey, you know, let's, let's <laughs> we, we need, no. What, what do we, you need to sacrifice from your heart to be filled by the Spirit? What's He asking you to give up? Maybe it's you. Maybe you say, I haven't given up anything yet. I need to give up my life. Lord, We're thirsty. We're like Samson. We, we've, we've done a lot of work, Lord, and we, we're, we're saying, Lord, are you, are you going to really give us deliverance and let us die of thirst? We're thirsty. We need a drink of your Spirit. We need to be filled by the Spirit of the Lord once again, or maybe even for the first time. We need to be filled by your Spirit. Lord, number one, if there's anything hindering us, any sin, any, anything that is blocking that, Lord, would you, number one, show us what that is that we can repent properly. Remove that blockage. Lord, I'm I, I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, that you'd show everybody in here. What do we need to sacrifice that we might be filled by your Spirit? What are those things that we still have that we're still holding on to our in our hearts that we haven't given over to you? Holy Spirit, would you show us? Show us the hard stuff, Lord. I pray that you'll give us all the courage, the strength to be able to give those over and the faith to be able to trust you with it, to trust you fully with our heart to know that you won't break it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys.